Welcome to the Inside Source. I'm Hutton Harris from the KACU studio here in the middle of Abilene Christian University. Today, our guest will be senior shooting guard Maddie Miller. We'll be talking with her about her four-year career here at ACU and what's next for the shooting guard. All right, so Maddie, obviously great game last night. We're um, recording this on January 28th, 2022. Um, tell me a little bit about y'all's game plan going into last night against UT RGV, and then, um, I mean, you just kind of took over in the first half, so tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, we definitely had a lot of prep um, coming into this game. We kind of had a, a long week to um, really focus on it. Um, we came off of two losses um, in the West Coast, and so that was kind of disappointing. And so uh, we knew that our key this weekend, our key uh, yesterday was going to be defense because uh, we just had kind of struggled with that over the West Coast. We just didn't defend um, the way we wanted to. We scored a lot, but we also allowed people to score a lot on us. And so um, just coming into this game, that was our big key throughout the week. Um, Coach Goodenough was definitely on us about uh, defense during practice. We were doing defensive lapses and running for it and stuff and just trying to hold everybody accountable to being the position that they were supposed to be in. And so that was for sure our um, main focus uh, coming into the game. But, um, yeah, you know, we went down 10-0 in the beginning. So obviously our defense didn't start out too good, which was kind of disappointing to coach good enough as, as to why she called the timeout um, really, really early in the game. But um, we were able to refocus ourselves and come out and um, kind of just start the game after it had already started two minutes ago. And um, my teammates just got me the ball, and I just kind of had a different confidence. I just found the rim, and I was confident in my shot, and um, I just took it, and a few of them went in, so it was kind of convenient. What's it like uh, when you get on a roll like that as an athlete? Oh, uh, I don't know if you've seen the videos and stuff that they put on Twitter this morning, but I just kind of start feeling myself. You know, it's kind of it's it's just a different um, adrenaline that I don't ever feel in any other time in my life. Uh, just playing on the court and you hit a couple shots in a row you start getting momentum your teammate starts getting you make uh, other teams call timeout um you kind of hear the coach like watch this watch this you no know, you know and it just kind of makes you feel good about yourself you just kind of um just get into a momentum and it's just awesome are they calling plays for you in that scenario once you hit a couple threes in a row or are you just saying i need get out of the way give me the ball um we call we definitely run an offense that I get shots out of there's definitely a few plays that we call um for people like when they get hot like hey we can get them a shot here we can get them a shot here and coach Kenneth's really good about that but most of the shots that I got last night were just within our offense um which just credits my teammates like being able to get us into offense and um get me the ball in places that I can score but there, I'm, there were a few where I was like, okay, I'm about to go get a bucket right here. There was one point where, so I am a guard, but um, I ran the four a little bit last night. And uh, I turned around, and I'm the rim runner. And I was like, oh, yeah, I get to go post up on the block, which is not normally what I'm supposed to do. Normally I run the outside lanes and stay outside the three. And um, I got a little left-handed hook shot over a post player, so it was pretty cool. It was just um, just our primary options you know, that we run, work on every single day. So playing in the Teak Center, it's obviously a little bit different than playing in Moody. Um when that place gets loud, and, and you mentioned it in your post-game interview last night with us with the ACU TV, that um, there was a really good contingent of ACU fans there. And so what does that do for you guys when people show up and then get really loud? 
It definitely makes a difference. Last night was the biggest crowd I think I've played played in front of NT minus probably our kids game when we had 100 kids, 100 million kids Which shipped is a, in. Yeah, completely different. Yeah, it's so different. Scenario. That's a lot of high-pitched screaming mostly, not like actual <laughs> genuine cheering. But um, it was definitely a um, just a space where I was like, wow, this is kind of special. And it definitely, I think – made a difference when we started to make our run back, you know, especially for me, I, I hit a few shots and you start hearing the crowd, I hit a little hezzy and finish with the layup and they're like, ooh, and then it just makes me feel, it just makes the team just kind of get get going once you hear that. We'll talk a little bit about um, your teammates this year in, in a couple of minutes uh, because you guys seem to have some really exciting um, new freshmen and also some super seniors as well that we'll talk about in a minute, but uh, – 88-69, you guys take care of business last night, which was which was fun to watch, obviously. Um, we're doing a broadcast here, again, in ACU-TV across campus. We've really tried to amp up, and you've been a part of those broadcasts in the volleyball world. Do your Does your team or do, do people talk to you about, hey, I saw you on TV, or do you guys have any type of awareness that we're there here uh I would say yes especially after the game like I don't have my social media uh notifications turned on just because I it keeps me from being on there as much as I would if I saw them all the time but after the game I always go to Twitter because I know uh the ESPN highlights and stuff are always on the game I'll have like six or seven notifications and um I always appreciate that and that's definitely good for recruiting for them because ACU sports and ACU women's basketball and everybody um will retweet um, all that stuff, and it lets the recruits see it. And especially with the generations coming up in the world, like they want to see themselves, um, they want to see themselves in the spotlight and stuff. And so, seeing um, us have success and being able to like see it on Twitter and stuff, I think it's definitely eye catching for younger players that might want to come play here um, to know that they're going to be, uh, they have opportunities to be in the spotlight uh, while they're here. And so, I think ESPN does a really, really good job of doing that. Um, consistently with every throughout all the sports, even sports that aren't like as popular on campus or everything. I want to really quickly just talk about before we transition to kind of your career here at ACU. Um, again, you have been part of our ACU TV broadcast in the volleyball world. Um, what is that experience like? And what would you say to those people that are athletes that want to be an announcer or be an analyst someday that want to come to ACU? I, I think this is the best opportunity and best place that I ever could have um, come for to get the student athlete experience, the school experience and the professional experience. Um, just the ESPN room alone is just honestly breathtaking. Like it's the coolest thing ever. You walk in and there's a thousand million buttons and lots of screens and it's just kind of overwhelming for somebody um, that's never been a part of or seen anything like that before. But because we have all of that, you can learn so much um, in just a short amount of time, and especially um, you're not really competing with a lot of people, so you can come in and start working early as a freshman, and um, you can write, you can broadcast, you can film. Like There's just so many different opportunities, which I think is really cool, and I've been able to be a part of a lot of those. Um, definitely being able to do sports that I knew about that I don't necessarily pr play every day has also kind of been like a refresher too, you know, ball's life and I'm going to go hoop every day but when I can get in the studio and talk about volleyball a little bit and kind of refresh my knowledge on that it's always really fun 88 69 you guys win last night you had a game I 18 points which was awesome congrats on that Thank you. Um, right after this we're going to talk a little bit about your career here and go into why you came to ACU Back on the inside source here from Abilene Christian University at KACU podcast studios here with Maddie Miller 
senior forward guard. I'm not sure what we're calling you right now, but uh, Maddie, thank you for joining us. We appreciate this. Um, you are officially our first interview here at Inside Source. And so when did you first um, hear of Abilene Christian and, and tell me kind of your recruiting process and who talked to you and give me some memories there. It's actually the funniest story ever. Um, I heard, first heard of ACU my sophomore year of high school and coach Daru had called me and I was, I was a good basketball player, obviously, um, to have division one schools calling me. Um, I was on a really good AAU team, but I had kind of, I was like on the verge of like hitting, like hitting, um, the go point where you're like, oh, it's like, is she a good, like, is she going to be good enough to play at this level? Or is she just going to be a really, really good D2 player? Um, and so, uh, coach, coach Daru, he's not here anymore, but he, uh, called me and one of my teammates, he started talking to me about one of my teammates and he asked me like where she was going and her name, her name was Jesse Mercer and she was really good. She ended up going to OU. Um, but he basically talked to me the whole time about her and it's something that we would laugh about. And then I kind of never really heard. Okay. Well, he came and watched me. Um, I think it was my junior year and, um, texted me and told me what he thought about my game and told me, he said, I think you're really good. I think um, that you could be a D2 All-American, this, this, and that, and sent me the number of, like, three or four, like, D2 coaches that he was friends with. And you know me. I Well, I, I just was – D1 was the dream. Like, I was very obviously grateful for him to, like, come and watch me play and, like, give me um, contacts to other people. But I was – I had, like, a mission, and I wanted to play Division One, and I wasn't going to um, let his opinion stop me at the moment. And so I play um, my junior year, and my recruiting process is, like, okay, but not really well. I just never – I just hadn't played consistently enough um, throughout my high school from fre uh, freshman to junior year. Well, then senior year comes around, and I'm still not committed. I don't have a ton of offers. I have a few looks from people that were in the Southland as well. Um, and then I play in – it's my – summer going into my senior year and I were playing in at Adidas Nationals in Georgia and um, Coach Drew ends up seeing my semifinal game and then comes back the next day and watches my championship game where we won um, and he DMs me on Twitter so it's like two years later he's like hey Maddie like I just wanted to know if this is still your number I'd love to get on the phone and chat with you like yada 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 and I was, uh, at the time obviously like I, was, I wasn't like tripping or anything about what had happened two years ago I was just like okay yeah like call me like this this, and that and so he called me and we got on the phone for a while um I came up here and I think it was uh August or September for an unofficial visit of, of what year of my senior year because okay, so that would have been what 2017 2018 12 20 it was 2017 going into 2018 right I gotcha so that was 2017 um I came up here in September of 2017 and uh, went, came on an unofficial visit and um, watched practice, kind of toured the campus, went and ate with Coach Drew and Coach Goodenough. Um, Coach Goodenough had never seen me play, and so she didn't really have an opinion about my game or anything. And I left here without an offer and um, kind of frustrated a little bit because my dream was to play Division One, and I just wasn't looking too um, too promising at that po at that moment. Um, but I was playing volleyball at high school, so I was just trying to have fun. Like I was just like, I'm gonna stop thinking so hard about everything. Well, then we have a September showcase uh, My at the end of September, my senior year, and I go and I just hoop. Like, I just balled out. Coach Gunnup was at every single one of my games. 
Um, and Daru texted me after the whole weekend was over and he was like, have you heard from JG? And I was like, no, I haven't. But, and he asked me about other schools, like contact me. And I was like, yeah, I've been offered from three other schools in the conference and in the Southland conference, whatever, like this school, this school, and this school. And he, I guess, got on the phone with JG and was like, she's getting offers. Like you need to call her right now. Like da, 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 da. And, um, coach good enough called me and officially extended me an off, uh, a scholarship offer for four years, um, full ride. And so then, um, I set up my official visits for all the schools and I came to ACU first and my dad, I, I, me being, wanting to like finally go through my recruiting process, like wanted to go to the other schools, but my dad just kind of looked at me with like tears in his eyes and he was like, Maddie, like this is, this is the one, like this is where it is. And it was kind of just like a sweet moment of like, this is what we've worked for and this is what it's going to be. And, um, I told coach good enough in the parking lot of the country club where we ate, ate breakfast that morning at, on the last day of my visit. And I said, I, I want to officially commit to come play school here. And I had to call the other schools and tell them I wasn't coming for my official visits. And I felt really bad about that because I'm a people person and I hate like putting people in bad positions and like hurting their feelings. But I, it was just, this was the right business. place for me. Yeah, it, it is. And I've learned that even more like being here in college, but it's definitely a business. And this is just where I was supposed to be. It's awesome. So uh, you you accept uh, their their offer, obviously. Had you heard anything about ACU as far as the history of ACU women's basketball? Because we just, obviously, you guys won last night, 900th win in, in school history, which is incredible. I was on the graphic. Yeah, I was really you were. Surprised. You were on, the, like, on yeah, the bottom yeah, left. Yeah, that's kind of like, cool. <laughs> yes, that's very cool. And so, um, I mean, had you heard about the Denbas or had you heard about them, you know, being so dominant in those years before you were recruited? So it was definitely something that coach good enough was, um, putting in front of me a lot while I came here on my, um, official visit. She wanted to know that I was coming to a, a winning program. Um, the year before, I think they had won the conference, um, but they were still ineligible to go to the tournament, to the conference tournament. Um, but that was with Alexis Mason mm -hmm. and the Denbas and all of them. And, um, so I knew there was definitely tradition and culture coming here, which was really big for me because I'm definitely somebody that like really cares about the details and like wants to be around good people and people that are going to push me to be good every single day and like not let anybody else slack. And so that was really important for me. And so when I came here and realized that there was a championship culture here, it definitely kind of sold me um, in that aspect. And I knew I was going to be um, pushed every day and I was going to come be a part of something that was bigger than myself. And that was really important. So you accept their offer, you finish out your school, um, and then you, you come in the summertime? Is that how that yeah, works? Yeah, we report like June 1st. Yeah. And so um, ACU is in a little bit of a, a, a bit of a rebuild right there. I mean, because again, they had, like you said, they had won, but they were ineligible due to Division One regulations. And then um, you guys were kind of the bridge to that next year. Um, what was your first impression of your teammates? So again, you're kind of on campus in June here by yourself. Um, just tell me about that first. And w again, you can talk about how that year ended, obviously, but just kind of tell me about your first impressions of, of ACU and the, and your teammates that year. Uh, it was definitely cool coming in and, um, kind of just being a grown up at first. Like I was living on my own. Like I didn't have to ask to drive here, ask to drive there. And that was like kind of different for me because I just didn't really do anything in high school. Like I just played basketball. That was really it. Like, I just was kind of lame. Um, and so, like, when I got here and, like, they wanted to hang out and, like, cook dinners and, like, hang out late at night and, like, watch TV together. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is really, really cool. And 
Um, my, my freshman year, we went on a trip. We like a couple of us planned and put our money together and went to Austin for a weekend. Like it was just fun. I was like, man, I'm kind of grown. Like this is crazy. And I was like this 18 year old kid, just all struck by everything. And any, you can ask any one of those players that they're all graduated now, but um, like my saying that year was literally, I'm just happy to be here. Like I was just so happy to be a part of um, just a team that we all really got along and it was just fun. Um, and so summertime was definitely the a fun time because workouts weren't terribly hard, but I was, it, I mean, they were kind of hard, but not like terribly hard. Preseason was a different story. I, that's a whole nother story, but summertime was definitely fun. Get to know your teammates, get to know your coaches a little more and kind of just get into the college experience. So you guys were picked sixth that year yeah okay um in the southland conference tell me about that was that a slap in the face was that i mean again you're you're brand new what are the people that are a little older you older than you saying in the locker room and they're like oh man you guys are pick sixth you know well i had watched them play my senior year of high school and i don't think they had that at, like as a successful year as they it wanted a, to no it wasn't so i don't think them getting pick six was necessarily a surprise but like i think you could tell throughout the locker room and throughout like just the team in general, like including the coaching staff. Um, nobody believed in us like we believed in us type of mentality. And we knew we were better than sixth place. I I just assumed we were better than sixth place because of how good practice was, how hard practice was every day, just competing. Like I was competing against Dominique Golightly every single day. And I literally would contest to her of being of why I'm so good at my game now here now because of just being able to watch her for the two years that um, I got to, I had to guard her every day and it was not the easiest thing to do. And now I can um, see implements of that. I implement it into my game as well. And so I think that year pick, being pick six was um, it's just something we just kind of threw out the door. It just didn't really matter to us. And so you guys come into that year again, uh, underdogs. Um, but the the core of that team, Dominique Golightly, Brianna Wright, um, Sarah Williamson, mm -hmm. um, and then you add Lexi Duque, who um, obviously was one of your one of your pals, right? And yes, so, just tell me about baller. tell me about y'all's you know your team's relationship that year, and then let's get into what happened in the postseason. Um, our team relationship that year was actually like to be honest with you, it was it was we were really good friends all in the summer, and obviously we were good friends through the entire year, but we kind of hit like a really really rocky road there for a second because. You know, you had Bree and Dom who had been there for three years, and then Lexi Duque was a transfer who didn't play the year before because she was redshirt. Um, Jazz Taylor and uh, had come in, and she and Lexi Duque had played together at Rice, and she was brand new. Well, all four of them were captains, and I th they all wanted to win, but they definitely had like a different um, idea of how that was going to happen. And so there was one day, and Coach Goodenough would attest to this because I don't, I think it blew her mind because she had no clue that any like anything crazy was going on. Which nothing, there was nothing crazy going on. It was just like kind of underlying like sure. trippiness, I guess. And we had World War Three in the locker room one game. Like I think it was after a loss. I think we had lost to Sam Houston at home, and it this all came out in the locker room. And like at, ever since that day, everybody just kind of got off their chest and. From that moment forward, we went and ended up pulling it together and winning games that we needed to win, and um, it ended up being the most special year that I've been a part of so far. So let's talk about that. Obviously, you guys go to the Southland Conference Tournament. Um, just take me through, again, we don't really need to talk about the whole tournament, but, I mean, you guys kill UCA, okay? Yeah. Just you just put them in their place. Um, and, and then the next game is Lamar, which really – 
to this day, probably since I've been here for five years, that's been the most enjoyable women's basketball game I've watched because of how much it meant to you guys, right? Mm -hmm. And you could tell just watching it on TV. And so tell me a little bit about that Lamar game because they were heavily favored, a one seed and a four seed. Um, And then obviously we'll get into the Corpus Christi game in just a second. Yeah, um, that Lamar game is probably... That was probably my claim to fame. I think that's when um, Coach Goodenough really realized that she was going to be able to trust me um, a lot coming into the future years. Um, it was it was probably one of the biggest games I've ever played here at ACU, just from because of the hype. The that's the one seed, like that's Lamar. They beat us twice in regular season, and um, th- we were just it was just a different type of focus. I literally couldn't explain it to you. It's just within our team, it was a different. We were all so focused to come and win that game, and obviously we ended up winning, but we got down ten. 12 even and we just kept chipping away the entire game and at the end of the game they just they didn't know what to do we just kept playing as a team we kept hitting shots um Michaela Mabry hit a huge three-pointer uh late in the fourth quarter and that one was just kind of it was just oh it was a huge dagger and they didn't know what to do we ended up winning that game and we ended up going on we could talk about the Corpus Christi game but we ended up winning that game and all we said on the bus ride home was oh my god we beat Lamar yeah. like yeah. that was the it was our it coach get enough will explain she explains a lot of stories to us before games and it's always like we get David and Goliath stories a lot and that, like at that moment like that was our Goliath like that sure. was how we were going to have to that was the monster we had to take down to get to our end goal because you know from a uh, I guess from a fan's perspective, that was kind of a tipping point for you guys because you had an opportunity either to continue to ascend or to kind of fall back down uh, because y'all had, you know, a, a pretty stacked team. Yeah, we did. But, uh, and definitely the next year you had a stacked team, but um, it was fun to watch because, again, you guys really had a choice to make whether you're going to, like you said, slay this giant or you just going to say, ah, we'll be back next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, okay, so you guys beat Lamar. Um and then, you know, again, the, the cool part uh, from, again, from an ACU fan's perspective is that the men were also playing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Did that inspire you guys to to win or did do you know that's happening at the same time or what's going on there? I, I, it's honestly, it was like a crazy high because our men played the night before. Like the, we had, right. we won our Lamar game. We're at the hotel talking about Corpus Christi, still awestruck that we beat Lamar. And we're watching our men on TV, and they 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 won like the crazy they, game too. Yeah, it's huge. Southeastern Louisiana, yeah. They were really good that year. Southeastern right. Louisiana was, and um, you know, we had lost two players uh, from our basketball team that year, which yep. was super unfortunate. And so it was just kind of like, what's gonna happen? Because we knew we were still good, but we didn't know what was gonna happen. And all of a sudden, confetti was raining from the from right. the ceiling for them, and we were so happy for them. And it just kind of. I would say it really inspired us to like, okay, now it's our turn. Like we showed up the next day, like ready to right. to bring it home too. And it made it really special. Because they, in the, the order of kind of games, obviously you guys, like you said, played the night before with Lamar. And then you watched them play Southeast Louisiana. And then they went ahead and played the next afternoon, I believe, maybe the next night. It was the next night, I think, right against uh, New Orleans and took care of business. And just for ACU, that was still to this day – combined men and women's it's the best 24-hour stretch of athletics ever you know and so um, okay so so the men win you guys are excited for them obviously ACU is is kind of on a high Um, and and then you guys go into this game versus Corpus Christi as heavy favorites just like Lamar was a couple of days before so 
you guys get ahead by 20 something points, right? Yeah. And it was 20. So again, <laughs> we're, so just from my perspective, I'm in charge of the watch party here. Okay. For the men. So we're watching you guys on our phone, but it's, the, the, it's ending. You guys are getting into the fourth quarter and it's creeping closer. And we're like, okay, well we, we really need to focus on the men here because we're in charge of this big watch party. Where are they, where are they playing? You guys are going to be fine. The women, but then we, we keep watching it and you guys are, Kind of letting them get back. Yeah. Get back. So tell me what happened in that, I guess, third to fourth quarter, um, just on the court there. What was happening? Oh, they just pressed us and we didn't handle it very well. You know, um, we didn't take care of the ball um, like we did the first half. I think they had, they, they definitely turned up their pressure a little bit. They put on some backcourt pressure um, and just got a few cheap steals that led up to cheap points and, you know, you get a few of those, and it kind of just gets your offense going. People start hitting shots, and um, like we, like everybody says, basketball is a game of runs, and we took ours early in the first half, and they took theirs early in the second half and really drew it down um, at towards the end of the game. And uh, But credit, we had, like, Bree Wright and Dominique Golightly and Sarah Williamson and um, Lexi Duque, and honestly, that's a really, really hardworking group of people, like – through and through um and we can talk about Lexi Duque's big huge, the, re the biggest rebound. rebound in ACU history yeah. like these that single rebound is the best rebound in ACU history for sure because it changed the game um and it just we were able to close it out and which was super good because coach couldn't, I couldn't imagine what that would have felt like in the locker room after right. being up 20 points so you guys you guys obviously win uh they have a chance to tie it at the end and they don't or win it at the end and they don't what's that feeling like you know three or four seconds after and you realize that you have you have scaled this mountaintop and you're at the top well it felt so weird because uh with three or four seconds left like they had a, they took a three to tie it because we were up three and they missed got their rebound and made a layup um with no time on the clock, like made the layup in regulation and there's no time on the clock. And they made it and we were like, oh. and then the buzzer sounds and like we we're like, oh my gosh, we won. Like the bench just stormed the court and the game was over and it was just, it was the most surreal feeling ever. And there's pictures of us like running out to the court, like meeting all the players that were coming off. And you can just kind of tell the excitement, just the special moment it was for us to realize. It, but it did feel weird because it's like, oh, they scored, oh, we won. Right. Like, it was kind of weird. So when you guys win, you know you're going to the NCAA tournament. You know that you're going to be a significant underdog. But that doesn't really matter, right? No. So, so, Not in that so, moment. No. So, Maybe the next so, day. <laughs> so, yeah. So you guys are obviously emotional and crying and putting T-shirts on and all that fun stuff, right? Um what are what's a memory after that game with your family or maybe with you know again your your teammates that's not on the court that you have um i would probably say uh waiting 45 minutes for coach good enough to walk into the locker room after we won like we came in there together um like all of our team had came into the locker room after pictures and confetti showers and clipping well the clipping of the net was really really cool but i think for me like just being able to get back to the locker room and just like be awestruck with my teammates in the back of the locker room. And seriously, Coach Goodenough was in media forever. And it took her, we all had our water bottles and our cups ready, just waiting for her to walk in. And she walked in, and we just, we were soaked. Like, we looked like we had just got out of a shower. It was insane. And we were all trying to, like, stand back because we knew she was going to come in with water. And um, just being able to spray each other and just kind of enjoy that moment together. And 
again, like the bus ride home, we like buckled the trophy in and we were and we beat Lamar like we did that. And then we really won the championship. Like it was just kind of the surreal, like awestruck moments uh, afterwards that I remember the most. So. Again, you guys are on the bus. You're going uh, home. You guys obviously know that now ACU men are playing Kentucky, I, I would assume, mm-hmm. maybe this, that, that later that night or whatever. Um, do you guys start wondering who you're going to play, or do you know you're going to play Baylor? Uh, we didn't know. We knew we were, we were thinking it was either going to be Baylor or Mississippi State because um, they were really, really good that year, but it ended up playing into like regions. They actually that year they actually accidentally leaked the bracket. I remember that. And so somebody got in big trouble for that. But lots of I think a few people had seen like where we matched up, but I hadn't seen it. And I was like, Don't tell me, don't tell me. Like I wanna be surprised, I wanna be surprised. You know, Baylor was just a powerhouse that year. So it was cool being able to know that you're gonna go play somebody like really good, but it is also like, oh man. That's going to be a tough matchup. Well, and you know that's, I mean, as an athlete, you know that's going to be a, a, a tough task. Yeah. But, but, again, I hope, and I'm just going to ask the question, but do you think you're going to lose the game, or do you just care that you're there? Like, oh. in other words, that's kind of a loaded question, but. I cared that I was there, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you right now, after our coaches gave us our scouting report, I was convinced we were going to win. Like, they convinced me that we were going to win the game. Well, that's their job. Oh, yeah, yeah. and I was convinced. Like, me and Cam both were just like, we're going to beat yeah. Baylor. I called my dad after practice that day, and I was like, Dad, like, you better put us down on your March Madness bracket because we are going to win the game. And I don't know if that was just – I don't know what I would think about it if that kind of happened now. Like, freshman mindset me was just right. so happy. I had never been to playoffs in high school. So, like, this was my first postseason play ever, and I won a championship. Got to cut down nets, and I'm about to go play the number one team in the country. Like, so. this is easy. Oh, yeah. man. I was like, this is like Cinderella story. We're about to go sweet 16. Like, let's go. And that might my, – my confidence in beating them might have been why I played so played well in the game. Yeah. Um, but we got in there and Kalani Brown's six eight, her yeah. four players six five, and the, their smallest guard out there is their point guard, and she's as tall as our tallest player. Michaela was six two, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be hard. But you know, we just we're gonna double down on the post and try to make them shoot threes and make threes, and they ended up making them and not missing them, and yeah. so. Um, and then they went up, end up winning the national championship. Yeah, so we yeah. technically got second yeah, place. Yeah, second place. Yeah. But no, go- coming out on the court for warmups, like you couldn't even talk to your teammate right next to you. It was so loud in there. Like I had never played in front of that many people because you know uh, North Carolina and California played right mm-hmm. before us, and so like the gym was just packed with people. And there was a huge section of purple, which was. Super special, which is why I'm honestly grateful we got to play Baylor because if we would have gone to Mississippi State, we would have had no fans. Like, I bet you everybody's parents would have traveled, but what is that? It's like 30 people. So um, it was definitely a special moment for ACU. It was it was a great experience for for the fandom here, obviously. And then the men playing Kentucky around the same time, you know, um, I think you guys played a couple of days after them. But mm-hmm. it was just such a really cool experience for someone that has grown up being an ACU basketball fan. I mean, it was kind of a dream come true. And again, uh, we made a documentary here at ACU TV about you guys and the men. And just the great, just the thank you. It's just the fact that both of you did it for the first time at the same time was just incredible. And and, and it may not, you know, obviously that won't ever happen again. But okay, so uh, you play really well in the Baylor game for a freshman. Obviously, you hit a hit a couple threes, have six points or something like that. Um, Okay, so. You guys obviously end your season there. Um, you come back, and 
in in my memory in that summertime you guys are pretty heavy favorites to oh, to be yeah to, to be a re, you know repeat uh to to win again basically is what yeah. i'm trying to say um so again you were you guys were stacked coming into that next yeah, we year we didn't we only lost sarah williamson right. and we had no new people anna was out of her red shirt and right. everybody had been there so it seemed like you guys were going to slide into that one seed or mm-hmm. two seed again in that tournament and so um we don't need to talk too much about that year but but as far as i guess what i'm really interested in is um you guys were clearly a top 2 team maybe maybe uh, even the best team in that in that that uh, year um fast forward to march okay mm-hmm. um you guys are driving to houston right or we are you in, in houston? houston okay and then just take me a little bit take me kind of behind the scenes of your day on march 11th i guess it was 2020 something okay so you guys are slated to play who we were actually at the we were at the hotel we'd already spent a night and we were um on our way to get we were about to get on the bus to go get lunch and then we were going to go to the gym to watch the second half of the game because we were going to play whoever won that game i think it was uiw versus southeastern which i hate for them um that was their first time to ever make it to the postseason tournament the conference tournament and um before coach good enough could even text us like i'm on twitter scrolling and the southland sports says uh, i see a tweet and it's like all postseason tournaments will be are canceled like for the southland and i was like this can't be real like this can't be real and sure enough like 10 minutes later coach good enough sends us a text and says pack your bags and meet meet us in the meeting room at 12 30. And we were just sick because obviously at that time, um, all, all of our seniors had gone through the entire year. So like, that was it. Like they had played their last game, like it was over and there was no, there was no chance that we were going to be able to like play for another championship, which was devastating because that was like, it was a special group. And just because we got the same team back every year, like we knew how we could be during tournament time. Like we were a tournament team and we knew what we were, we were going to bring to the table. And um, it was the same type of focus that we had the year before. And just for it to get cut short because of COVID, it was sickening. So again, she tells you to come down and talk to you. And, and were there, were there tears in that, in oh, that, that room? Like yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame you. Uh, I was crying like a baby, but that was just because I knew the next year was going to be a lot harder. Yeah. Um, and these are your friends that you're playing with yeah, too, right? Yeah, my friends like that. So my, like I said, my freshman year, like there had been kind of like been a bumpy road, like dealing with um, like power and like leadership, trying to figure out what was going to happen, and we ended up winning. But like my sophomore year, that team couldn't have been closer. Like we were all a year older. There was no freshman to come in and mess up drills and practice. Like we just really genuinely loved each other, hung out all the time together, like big groups, and so. It was just a special group, and they were special basketball players, like Bree, Dom, Lexi Duque. Like, they were special basketball players, yep. and just for their season to end like that, like I was heartbroken for them, but I was also heartbroken for our team because I knew like how much potential we had to win. Yeah, you guys were arguably the best team in the conference that year, and even though I don't think you were the one seed technically. Yeah, I think uh, we were the three yeah, seed. Yeah, but, but uh, you, I mean, you guys had, had the most – uh, staying power for yeah, sure. I agree. Um, and and so for for you guys not to play even a game in the Southland Conference tournament, and that was, I mean, obviously that was that was the beginning of COVID. And yeah. um, and was there any talk about 
hey, maybe you guys come back maybe in May or June and play this tournament? You know, I think a lot of people were saying a lot at that time. Um, Coach Gunnup was telling us that um, no matter, like if we would have lost a game in the tournament, like we already had a WNIT bid um, coming our way. And so Coach Gunnup was telling us, like, when we get back, like we're going to stay, we're going to practice, like or be ready to come back in a week, like we're going to go play in tournaments, like this, this, and that. And I was telling my parents, like, I can't come home. Like, we have practice, like, in two days. Like, we're going to go to play in the tournament. And it just – everything just shut down, and it was heartbreaking because we literally – we dropped we, – on our way home, we dropped Brie off, like, with her parents. Like, she didn't even make it back to Abilene. And it was just – it just kind of hit you, like, dang. Like, it's – like, that's it. It was just a halt. It just – honestly – now looking back, it's like it's never happened. It's crazy. Somebody will make a pretty great documentary about that day someday. Oh, it's I gonna mean, be a history book all on its own. Man, I, I again from just from someone who witnessed it on the other side here in Abilene. I mean, we were we were devastated for you guys, you know, yeah. because both the men were in the same boat. They were a two seed. Yeah, and um, and they were really good too. And they, they were gonna win it. Yeah, and so I mean, um, anyway, yeah, just what a what a crazy scenario there all right so let's fast forward a little bit obviously you guys struggled kind of in the next year um again you're you're losing probably uh two or three maybe acu hall of famers probably with brie and dom and lexi and then you anna's still there right yeah um and then uh, again i mean just kind of take me through the frustration of your junior year i would say uh you don't have to touch on it too much but just a, a little bit because it was kind of soaked in covid and then you have we're playing in teague now and moody coliseum is not really even a an option anymore um so just kind of take me through that year just a little bit it was a very frustrating year and you know you've heard coach gonna talk about it in post and uh, like postseason interviews and stuff and we just faced a lot of adversity as a team which you're always going to like you're always gonna face adversity and we weren't going through anything that other teams weren't going through. Like we had the same COVID protocol and stuff, but three games that we were highly favored to win got canceled and never rescheduled. Um, the point system that year was just really inconvenient for us because you win a game, you get three points. You don't play a game, you only get one. And so um, it just was really inconvenient for our team. Um, and just the adversity was just really hard to deal with and just frustration because we knew we were good, but we had also had a lot of people that were playing that had never played before, never played the type of minutes that they were playing, and so it was definitely tough. Um, it was just a tough, tough year, hence why most of us got another. They gave us a COVID year, the NCAA, so we could redo it, thank God, but right. it was tough. So you guys uh, are bounced in the second round of the, the Southland Conference Tournament, mm-hmm. the last Southland Conference Tournament that you guys would play in mm-hmm. um, when they announced the WAC uh, transition. What was that like for you guys as an athlete? What does that, what does that do for you guys to, are you excited? Are you confused or, you know, what, what were you thinking there? I was excited just because um, I knew that how good our program was and I knew um, the type of level that we could play at. And so I was excited that no, knowing going into the WAC that we were going to be able to see more consistent, good competition every night. And I was really excited to like go places like Seattle and sure. California and Chicago. Which you guys just went, right? Yeah, we just went to Seattle and uh, California, and we're going to Chicago on Tuesday. And so, it's, cool. yeah, it is really cool. But it sucks because we only play those teams once. And so, like, next year they're not going to California, Seattle, or Chicago. Those All, all those places will come here and kind of just bounces back and forth throughout the year. But um, it's definitely – 
a step up for our program um, in a lot of ways. And it was definitely cool to be able to be a part of that transition. Transitioning to this year, have you guys seen uh, from, from the outside, there has been kind of an influx of fresh faces. So again, you have people like Bella Earl, and then you've got people like Tatum Barber and all these, all these people. And then you have, you know, uh, Emma and Jamie and all these people that again, um, if it maybe wasn't for COVID, maybe they don't show up here, especially the last two. Tell me about your team this year. You guys look like you just have a ton of fun together. We do. This is, this is arguably the closest team that I think we've had. And I don't know, I don't know how that's possible because we literally have more new people than we did returners coming into this year, um, which was insane. That was really crazy. Um, but I think it was good to get new fresh faces in here. It kind of brought different things to our program that we hadn't had the few, last couple of years. Um, we for sure, because of COVID wouldn't, if COVID wouldn't have happened, we wouldn't have Jamie, Emma or Tatum. Um, because they're all using their fifth year of eligibility, which is um, great for us because they definitely make us better. Um, they make us more mature, and they bring different um, levels to our game that we didn't have before they got here. And so um, having them has been awesome. Um, we have a good, really good freshman class. Uh, Bella Earl, obviously, the top of her class She's right now. She's a stud. She is a stud. And um, – I feel like she kind of struggled a little bit in the beginning, just trying to figure out what her place was going to be. Um, knowing she was a stud, you know, when you know you're a stud, it's kind of hard to figure out what your place is going to be. But she, this, like the last, I don't know, five or six conference games, she has just really done her part and really made us a lot better. She's playing within the system and she's benefiting because of it. She's show, She looks good. She's making the shots she needs to make. And I think she's playing with a lot of confidence and she's playing consistent, which is what we need for her every night. So when you look at your career here, um, obviously you guys want to end it with um, a championship this year and you want to go on to play in the NCAA tournament. Um, but I think what I have learned over the last four or five years is just how hard that is and how crazy the, the notion that you do that every single year is. Mm -hmm. But as an athlete, you work for this 365, 24-7. All day, um, every day. Yes, so... Um, are you guys confident this year? You're saying you're really close, you know, uh, relationship wise. Um, what do you think is kind of your X factor this year that could get you into the tournament this year? Um, I think that's a loaded question in my mind, just because I feel like we have so many pieces, um, that allow us to be really good. I think our X factor is you just really don't know whose night it's going to be. Um, on our team because we have so many people that can go off uh, like cameras right now is like f top 15 or something in uh, three-point percentage and I don't know about three points made but definitely three-point percentage like she can shoot it Jamie Von Aarons is a prolific score around the rim and from the three-point line um, Tatum is a defensive menace on steals at the uh, at the top of our defense and uh, I'll make a few threes every now and then like we just have we have Sarah Griswold and Emma who do their part down low and so I just think that scouting us is really hard because you go for our leading scorer Jamie and we'll have somebody else have a breakout game that you just weren't expecting and so I think it's just really hard to guard us um, in a lot of different areas and I think that's our biggest advantage right now is um, teams don't really know where to put their best defenders because wherever they put their best defenders, somebody else is going to capitalize on it. And so I think that's one thing I love most about this team is everybody, uh, when their number's called and when they need to step up, everybody does. 
How excited are you to uh, go play in Las Vegas? I just know it's going to be the same because um, it's it's a business trip. You know, it's cool to be in Vegas, but I'll enjoy Vegas once I have a trophy in my hand. Right. Um, and that's going to be our mentality. You know, we're not going to be walking around on the strip the night before the game. Uh, you know, Coach Kenneth's going to have us in the meeting room watching film. Um, and so it'll be cool to know that we're in Vegas, but it'll be even cooler to know that um, it's the same trip as it would be anywhere else in the country. You mentioned Coach Goodenough's obviously um, her against her will obviously to uh, to win, but also her leadership ability throughout this you know interview. Um, what have you learned about her in the last four years? Maybe that you didn't realize why when you committed. So me and Coach Goodenough are like the same person, and so. I would just say that it's awesome playing for somebody that wants to win as bad as I do. Like Coach Goodenough is the ultimate competitor. And she would probably tell you this. I think I could tell you this and it'd be a, a true statement. Like she's tough. Like she's tougher than a lot of people. And she probably claimed to be tougher than us sometimes just because of the way we talk sometimes just about practice and everything. But she is a winner at heart. And um, I have learned that because – my freshman year, I came in and I appreciated it a lot. And now being a senior and her looking to me to be a leader for the team, um, I understand why she asks us to do and do and worry about things that we do because I think it really does make a difference in the long run. Um, you know, we do do anything like we do everything. Um, we have to keep consistent mindsets about everything in life, whether it be homework, basketball practice, um, keeping up with our mentors, like – um, and so I think um, I just have appreciated the type of woman that she's been an example, um, the example that she set uh, for what a winner looks like, because I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I know I broadcast and write and play basketball and um, everything, but I love this game. And so it would be it's kind of hard to say no to coaching as well. And I say no every day and my coaches say, OK, whatever. And they say, I'll see you uh, recruiting in the summer. And so. Um, just kind of seeing how she treats her team and how she expects excellence from us every day has been a great example for some somebody that I want to become one day. You killed my last question there. So oh, no. uh, what what is it? What's after basketball? Because the, the reason I ask that is because I think we see a lot of athletes go through school and just play basketball mm -hmm. or just play football and they don't really think about what they want to do. Mm -hmm. So have you thought about, about what's going on after, after college? Unfortunately, I think about it every day because <laughs> it's coming faster than I think. Um, cause you, cause, because you're not taking your COVID year. Or I, what? I will take my COVID year okay, gotcha. I think, because gotcha. not, I, I don't know what would happen to make me not, but like, I love this game so much, and um, I know I'll look back in 10 years, and if I didn't use another right. year to play and work on my master's, I would 100% regret it. And so, and I'm still young, and I have the rest of my life to be an adult. Um, but I definitely, before, because coming into this year, I didn't, I really didn't know. Um, I was going to see, because last year had just ended so badly. I was just like, man, I, I need to find the love for it again. I need to figure out what I'm doing. And, um, like, playing now and finding my love for the game the way I used to love it, I'm 100% going to play again. But I definitely have thought about life after basketball. I have not made any decisions about life after basketball, but um, it's definitely a constant thought. It's kind of hard. I feel like I've heard a lot of athletes just talk about how hard the transition is from being an athlete to um, – just a real world person, especially if you don't have like a set career, like right. not a nursing major, like I'm not a teaching major. Um, I'm 
journalism broadcast start major. over yeah, yeah. it's kind of like okay now i have this awesome degree i have all this experience like from a private university from an espn studio like now what do i do with it and um, there's just so many outlets that you just don't even know of like i feel like my freshman sophomore year was kind of like okay I, I can either do this or i can do this well then i get on linkedin and it's like well they have this and this goes into this and they have this and this and this and so it's just kind of i think a lot about research for me um figuring out where i want to go and what I want to do next, because I think there's just so many jobs that I don't even know exist or that I think so. Well, I think it's important, too, just from someone who instructs students for a living here, you know, and, and we that's kind of my job is to make sure that you guys as students have somewhat of a, a resume or a reel that you can present to somebody, especially in the media world. It's always important that you continue to put your face out there, you know, and so I feel like I've you know, obviously tried to get you to continue to do that kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. and I've appreciated that you worked with ACU TV and um, hopefully we can do some more things together, you know, down the line. But um, yeah, I think it's really important that um, obviously you're a really intelligent basketball player, which I think that the world needs more of those people on TV because mm -hmm. I see that every day where you're, you're listening to people on random broadcasts and they're like, what is this person talking yeah. about? And so Obviously, you have a kind of your foot in the door there if you probably ever want that. And so, um, well, thank you for joining us, Maddie. I appreciate it. Thank Obviously, you. you've had an incredible career here probably one that will never be duplicated because obviously no one's going to the NCAA tournament for the first time again yeah. you know, as a freshman and then uh, you know just COVID and just all this other crazy stuff that's happened to you while you're here so thank you for joining us thank we, you for we, having we me. appreciate it and uh, check out the inside source on Spotify we appreciate you guys listening have a great day <laughs>